And welcome back to another episode of On the Bench with Beaks. This is episode 37, and I am your humble host, Cody Beekman. And with me, as always, is three blind Bryce McMillan. That's better. Hey, guys, how's it going? And I've also got Ross hit the D floor, Mormeyer. You are so right, and only after a few drinks. How you guys doing? And I've got Daniel Clock, Cocker Spaniel, Beatty. <laughs> uh, bark, bark, guys, what's up? How's it going? Hope it's not too rough out there. Oh, no, we're feeling good. We're feeling real good. And today we have such a special guest. Uh, really jack of all trades, um, Hannah Westbrook. Hannah, thank you so much for being with us. Say hello to the lovely people out there. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's it's a all pleasure over here. So, um, we've got a lot of we got a lot of good stuff coming on today. We've got Hockey Day in History back. Um, we're gonna talk to uh, Hannah Westbrook about her in gigantic repertoire within the hockey community so let's get it started with hockey day in history hannah would you like to do the honors yeah we're going to start with november 11th in 2000 where joe sackick picked up three assists to become the colorado avalanche franchise all-time leader in assists breaking the mark of 668 held by peter statsny the milestone came in a 3-1 win over mighty ducks of anaheim Ooh, yeah, that's always a good one. I mean, Joey Sackick, what can you say about the man? I mean, how many how many uh, franchise records did he set in Colorado, honestly? And also still holds as well. He's just the greatest of all time. Oh, yeah. So, Super Joe, we salute you. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's go Ross Mormeyer. What do you got, Ross? On the D- Get on the D floor. Oh, I'm bringing it to the D floor. Um, but on November 19th, 1977, the Islanders' Brian Trottier scored a goal and added four assists, and rookie Mike Bossy scored twice and had two assists as the New York Islanders won 9-2 to against the visiting Vancouver Canucks. Well, 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 well. All right, very nice. All right, Bryce, nice what do you got here? So mine is November 11th, 1997. The NHL's new Columbus franchise, they were scheduled to begin playing in 2000 and 2001, they announced the team's name that would be called the Columbus Blue Jackets. That that also comes with like uh, uh, I think two other expansion uh, teams in that year as well with the Nashville Predators and the Minnesota Wild, if I'm not mistaken. You, yeah, yes, you are correct. So that's pretty fun. All right, well, uh, I'm gonna hop on one real quick. I'm gonna take it back to November 19th in 1983. Bruce Hood becomes the first official referee to referee over a thousand games in the Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens. Uh, well, not in the Toronto. Well, it was at the Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens, <laughs> but to referee over a thousand games in the eighties. That's, that's pretty crazy. That's impressive. Yeah. It's a large number. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, BD, what do you got for us, bud? Uh, thanks guys. And you know, I could have gone a few ways here. And I could have gone with uh, November 11th-ish when um, I saw that, uh, similar to what Hannah was talking about, about joining an all-time list with there with Joe Sackick, Rod Gilbert uh, passed Andy Bathgate back in 1973 to score his 273rd goal uh, and become the all-time Rangers leader at the time. But he ended up going on to score 406 goals for the Rangers, which is still the all-time record for the New York Rangers. So it was at the beginning of his career, and it ended for a while later. 
which I think is really cool. And then when you mentioned the linesman thing, I just wanted to throw this in really quickly. This happened earlier in the month, but in 1990, I remember Wayne Bonney in like November 3rd, 1990, it says here, he ended up officiating two games in one day. He first worked Chicago at Philadelphia, then took a flight to Boston and did the Bruins at the Sabres game later that day. So that's kind wow. of cool. So oh, man, that's that's tough stuff right there. I mean, two games in one day. I mean, that must have been like straight 11 o'clock to uh, what? Uh, 11 o'clock of just basically focusing on hockey. So that's that's. That's pretty sweet. I didn't know that at all. I I just never even thought that was even freaking possible. Yeah, me either. I don't think a ref has ever covered more ice in one game before. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, man. I, I This is why I love Hockey Day in history, man. You get to learn all these kind of new little quirks about the sport. So great Hockey Day in history all around. So now let's get into Hannah. Hannah, I, I mean, just... I mean, looking at your repertoire, it's just gigantic. So, uh, we're so we're we're just gonna get right into it. We're gonna start when little little Hannah was growing up in Laramie, Wyoming. Um, can can you just like uh, really break down just uh, how you started playing hockey and um, you know just like get get to your roots about everything? Yeah. Um. So I grew up in Laramie, Wyoming. Not a huge hockey area, but cold enough to have frozen water out there. So. I grew up, I started playing at four years old. My brothers both played. We lived two blocks down from the outdoor local ice rink. So naturally we're just on the ice all the time. Um, My dad tried to put one of those build your own rinks in our backyard as well, but it was too windy. A lot of rocks got on that. So it didn't work that well, but we, we grew up playing on that um, facility and we raised a bunch of money to eventually build an indoor rink. But um, I just started playing there and then came into Colorado when the girls hockey started kind of making its appearance and yeah, it's just kind of all been, been going since then. It's nuts. One thing led to another and it was a huge snowball effect exactly. apparently. I guess so. <laughs> Who <would have> thought? <laughs> well, yeah, with those outdoor rinks, the uh, easy rink, you, you got to worry about the black ice, but when rocks start coming and like getting into the picture, it's a little, uh, sketchier. Eh? Yep. Yeah. Made for a good time, but yeah. But there was, you know, at least one nice, solid pond hockey rink you could skate on. So tell us about that. Isn't that kind of where you kind of started hitting the ice? Yeah. So we didn't have ice, obviously, all year round because it was outdoor. So um, before and after kind of like the winter months, we would skate in Fort Collins. So before school, our parents would drive us down to Fort Collins. We'd get up at like 3.30 in the morning, practice, and then we'd come back and actually go to school. So it was a very unique experience. And, you know, we definitely didn't take ice for granted. Um, I grew up playing boys. We didn't really have girls hockey until I believe I was in about fifth or sixth grade where we had a U19 team. And everyone who played girls just kind of funneled into that program. And I was always the youngest. Um, And then after playing boys and playing girls in Wyoming, I came into Colorado and started playing on Colorado Extreme um, when I was in seventh grade. And it was more of a AAA program where we got to travel a lot and I got to actually see what was outside of Little Laramie, Wyoming and what girls hockey was really about. Um, And then after that, kind of one thing led to another. I stayed in Colorado a few more years and then was able to have the opportunity to go on and play at an academy. And then that led to college and then a little bit of pro. So kind of a little unique experience. <laughs> well, yeah, talk about, I mean, you got a, you had a scholarship to University of Vermont, correct? Yeah. And uh, uh, 
to tell us about college hockey. I mean, uh, like, well, we I think we all we're all pretty lucky here to uh, be graced with like you know uh, Colorado College and De- uh, the Denver uh, University of Denver Pioneers. Um, so, uh, and we all know that uh, the college programs back east are really cutthroat so um tell us about how you know you kind of you, you got discovered for uh uv and i mean just the anticipation and, and like the i and just playing in uv mm-hmm. um so scouting was a little different back when i was growing up so you really didn't commit until your senior year of high school and that was kind of like the only time you really got offers. Um, maybe if a junior here or there would get an offer, an early offer, but it was really rare. So it was kind of the anticipation of waiting till your senior year, playing through like a Labor Day tournament, and then seeing, you know, what scouts kind of come after you and what colleges want you. Um, and it also made things really interesting because just looking at colleges across the map, you kind of had to see where or if you would fit in. Like I was a five foot four defenseman, you know, I had to look at programs and see, okay, how many spots are they going to have open? It wasn't like, hey, you're 14 years old, we're going to offer you a full ride and expect you to come in in five years, you know. So it's very different. Um, So after we played a Labor Day tournament my senior year, I had a few contacts. I had been talking to Boston University, uh, University of Vermont, St. Cloud, and I was really partial to actually coming back to the Midwest. I didn't really want to be um, at an East Coast program, but I was playing at an academy in Stowe, Vermont, which is 45 minutes from Burlington, and I actually got an early offer from them, so I decided to do an early signing. Um, I just felt like my parents put a lot of time and money into me playing, and if I was going to get a full scholarship, like, why wouldn't I take, like, the first offer? And, you know, I knew I was guaranteed ice time and going to play a good four years, so... Yeah, it's quite the experience again. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I can uh, I can imagine. Well, especially coming in on like a D one program as mm-hmm. well, like that's huge. Yeah, especially out in the east, because I mean, Absolutely. as Cody says, it's completely cutthroat out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, so. it was it was really good. And I mean, girls hockey is kind of like making a bigger footprint at the time, too. So and getting more competitive. So it was really fun to be part of like a newer Division One program. I think they were like three years old. So we, I got to come in with a lot of girls that had the same mindset that came from kind of like smaller hockey backgrounds or smaller hockey towns. that were just like really excited to be there. So made a lot of good friends and had a really good time. So tell us about, you know, the the locker room and just being able to, you know, kind of go into your University of Vermont and talk to your coaches, your teammates, like what are some crazy locker room experiences or maybe some intimidation factors going into college hockey? Yeah, it was it was quite the wild ride the first year. I will say that Um, I actually got to go to college with my best friend that I went to the academy with. We actually funny story we both committed on the same phone call um they called and they said can we talk to teddy after and she goes well did you commit and then she committed so it was kind of funny we got to play together um and committed at the same time but going in was kind of a little challenging we had a new coach and we were his first recruiting class um so right away it was there was a lot of tension in the locker room and i was one of 12 freshmen and most of us were full rides so I just remember like the first day walking in and they said, okay, we're going to have an open tryout. And we're like, what do you mean? Like we thought we were scholarship athletes. Right. Like, what do you mean we're having an yeah, open tryout? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm 17 years old. I'm like, these girls, like the seniors are very intimidating. And, um, the coach goes, okay, well, um, transfers and first years sit on this side of the locker room, seniors and returners on this side. And basically said like, we're going to have a tryout and we're going to cut, we're going to cut seniors. So I think it was like seven or eight seniors got cut yeah so right away it's like how do we put a wrench in this team like how do we make it the most like uncomfortable situation for all these new kids but like we also understood the process of like they're there to win they're there to keep their job and they're there to make the team better so it was like really hard to like 
navigate how that was going to be with the rest of the team but we kind of just had to like group up as like returner like as like the second year returners and as like the newcomers coming into the program and kind of just like hold our own against the upperclassmen right. which wow. is insane oh uh, yeah <laughs> way to build some animosity right. like just yeah i mean well and i i do understand like the uh the need to win especially with a, a newer program too but wow yeah that's that's a uh, I, I feel like cutthroat was the right word yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the coach was like, he had a great background. He played in the NHL for a long time. He coached in NHL programs. He actually was at the time with Canadian women's national program. Our assistant coach was with the U S women's national program. So they knew what they wanted and they knew how to make and produce like a winning team. I just don't think like the approach was as great as we could have wished for, but execution. You know leaves some, <laughs> yeah. It leaves something it's to okay. be desired a little. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, I know, I know uh, we got two uh, college hockey alumni. Daniel, uh, you want to weigh in on this one, bud? It's just great to hear your experience. And I actually have a little bit of some personal experience with Burlington because when I was leaving high school, that was one of the schools that I was really interested in. And also because of Martin St. Louis going there and me being also a smaller guy and needing to try to find a team that I thought might have a spot for someone my size and also a little empathy because I could always just throw back at them during my tour. Like, well, you know, you let a guy like St. Louis in and that didn't turn out too bad. Um, and then I was also just kind of wondering um, through playing at, at Vermont and in that hockey atmosphere, I was curious what that was like for you um, coming from, you know, the ponds and, needing to share ice at 4.30 in the morning to the atmosphere of that East Coast for some of your games. Yeah, I mean, the the stadium, Gutterson, is unbelievable. Um, it's like an old barn. It's all wood. Um, they're actually, like, they never want to break, like, they never want it to, like, go anywhere, really. So they're just going to, like, when they expand, they're going to expand onto that facility, which I think is amazing because the history of that place, like Marty St. Louis, you know, like Tim Thomas, there's mm-hmm. a lot of, like, good athletes that came out of that facility, and it has so much character. But and it's just, like, the support of the city, too. Like, the, everyone goes to the games. Like, we might have mm-hmm. not, like, won a ton of games in my four years, but, like, the support of the community was amazing and just, like, the students and then, like, going to men's games, too, and, like, having that experience was awesome. Just being in a building with, you know, um, they were in the Frozen Four one year, and you know, they were winning national championships. It was just such a fun four years with like the hockey experience. Um, and just like having the support of the community and like everyone just, just around really, it was, it was a great time. That's a beautiful thing about hockey too. I mean, you, you, uh, even, uh, even, you know, when you were back in Laramie, I mean, you guys finally found the funds to actually make a rink Mm -hmm. that that was through the community. And then you moved to like a bigger hockey market, but there's still that still still feeling of community, which is incredible, and you kind you kind of only really see that in like hockey communities, really. Yeah, absolutely. Tour just doesn't skip a beat, as you're saying, buddy. <laughs> yeah, just uh, like well, you like hockey, I like hockey too. Like, <laughs> this is our team, and we're gonna stand behind you guys, you yeah. know. And yeah. I mean, obviously, out in Laramie, you would uh, earlier, you know, like all these kids need a place to skate. Well, let's build a damn rink. Right. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just fun, like, going to some of those restaurants along, like, Church Street in Burlington or, like, the local bagel shop and you see our, like, hockey poster up, you know? And it's, like, it was signed. So that means, like, they came to the game. They stayed after. Like, they appreciated it. So that was a really cool factor, too. Like, not, like, celebrity status, but at least you feel like you're appreciated and, like, they support you and have your back in that town. So that was really fun. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 
What do you? Uh, well, Bryce, you're our other uh, college alumni, uh, college hockey player alumni here. Uh, what do you got, man? I know you got some. Uh, yeah, I mean, swelling around in that big old brain ears. Just, I just remember thinking about college hockey, um, and just being really intimidated the first, you know, few days of practice and just showing up to the ice, ice rink, and hearing all these big names from these CC players, and and just going out and just being able to play like people like DU, like that was that was really scary, um, especially at a D two level, saying it was D two level. Um, the hockey was still really fast and so really intimidating. It was one of the fastest paces of hockey I've ever seen, um, besides maybe playing AAA when I was younger. But it was really, really one of those eye-opening experiences to where the, how fast the game can be, and it makes you really feel humbled and makes you realize, if I want to get to the next step, I have to do so much more work than what I'm doing now. Oh, yeah, so. 100%. <laughs> While you're playing in uh, Vermont, you know, uh, maybe like a year after, like when does uh when does it really hit you that you definitely uh you deserve to be here? You uh, you can really make something out of this, you know? Like when do you think that kind of hit you that this is like this is something something you can make uh a huge success out of? Yeah, I think just like getting through those first few months and like leaning on my teammates a lot and like realizing like we're here for a reason as well. Um, my thing is like always show up and like show yourself like why like I always compare myself. Okay, like you're this player. Like how can I be like as good or better than you? Like I want like someone to walk into a building and like be able to pick me out. So that was always like a drive for me is like I'm very competitive. And I mean, still to this day, like it doesn't matter. Like I don't want to show up to a game and like be shitty like I want I want someone to be like oh wow like you know she does a great job or she's a good skater or whatever like I think like just showing that like you belong there and like making a name for yourself like that was just always my goal yeah oh beautiful (laughs) so then after college I do believe you are uh selected to play over in Sweden if in uh the Leeksands uh IF uh in the uh, Swedish women's ice hockey league that's got to be a huge like transition. I mean, especially just I mean, even playing hockey in America to going over into Scandinavia and playing uh like professional women's ice hockey there. Um, take us through it. Yeah, wild times. Actually, I had a teammate um end up going there when I was a senior. She had graduated and she went and played goalie. She was from from Vancouver, and I was like, wait, that's like a thing. People can go over there and play. And from that like moment, I was like, that's gonna be my goal because I had a great four years. But at the end of the day, I don't think I was like done with hockey yet. I don't think like I had done everything I wanted to do, and I like still wanted to play. I was pretty young. I went to school at seventeen, so I graduated at twenty one. Like I was still ready to like keep going. So. I honestly, I talked to her a little bit and then she's like, well, what I did is I just started like reaching out to programs. And so I like jump online and I'm like Googling like women's hockey professional, like all these like work, like it's coming up in like other languages. So I'm like Google translating at the time. It was like copy paste. Like you couldn't just like right click translate. So it was like a lot of work and I'm sending emails and like hoping I would hear back. And, um, actually I ended up getting into the same program in Lexington as she did, um, And it was great. Like, it was kind of one of those unexpected things. But I knew, like, throughout that summer, like, I was going to make it work. I was going to find a way to get overseas. And it just happened to be that she got me over to Lexington. And I, like, knew and trusted that program just because she had been there. And, yeah, so I went there and then um, just decided to play that year and just kind of see what would happen after. (laughs) Well, and did they kind of scout you? Or did you just – you get what I'm saying? Or did you have to go and do, like, your tryouts out there? Did they come out here and kind of look – 
look you over and just seeing what your potential was for the team? You know, a lot of it was word of mouth and they didn't have a lot of imports at the time. Um, cause they don't really like the women's hockey side didn't have a lot of money. So it was like, if they could bring it in, like Lexon is like the hockey town of Sweden. So like, um, Forsberg, Della Rose, those guys all play there while I was there. Like they have a lot of money. They had probably one of the best facilities. Um, just a lot of support. It's like, honestly a hockey town, tiny little place. But, um, so they, they were allowing some imports to come over. So I think just word of mouth from my friend that played there, they knew I had like a pretty decent hockey resume, just like growing up and then playing in college. And then I think it's one of those scenarios. If I would have gotten over there and it wouldn't have like worked out, they probably would have just been like, go home. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> after this thousand dollar ticket coming yeah. over here, you just, yeah. you, you, you just sent you back. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. You're fired. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I know. But so uh, language barrier, What uh, was there a big language barrier there for a while? And uh, wow. like, how did you guys, how, how did everybody in the room kind of maybe combat the language barrier there? It's a little intimidating at first just because you have no idea what everyone's saying, but thank goodness that everyone knows English and they learn yeah. it from like a young age. So like there's the girls that, you know, do a little more traveling that are a little more confident and like, Hey, like they speak straight up like English. Like you wouldn't even know that they were Swedish. Like a Gabriel Landis yeah. guy <laughs> yeah, as like, opposed to maybe. Are you sure you're Swedish? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so they would honestly just have someone sit next to me, like in the locker room when the coach was talking, but it was always like the best, like they'd talk for like 15 minutes and I'd be like, so like, what did you say? And they're like, okay, so, um, like we just need to be better next period. I'm like, okay, like, can I get oh. a little bit? Like, okay, great. Like, as long as I, I guess I'm not getting yelled at. It's just one of those, uh, okay, go team. Yeah, like, high five. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, practices, obviously, you can kind of follow along with their drawing. It's all pretty, like, well, general, yeah. you know, with, like, practice. But it was a time. Oh, yeah. So, so coaches in there giving you, like, the most arousing speech ever, and you're just kind of, like, yeah, just waiting for him to be done, I guess. Yep, exactly. Yeah. That's great. So in terms of coaching, what are some like really big differences? Do you notice how hockey is taught here in the U.S. and how hockey is taught out there? Um, I think that they just take their, I don't want to say they take their jobs more seriously, but it's more of like a career for coaches. I think overseas, like they have to like put in the time to become like certified coaches like Canada, where it's not just like here, sign up for your USA hockey number, learn the U8 module, and then you're a certified coach. It's like you're, you go to school to be a coach. And I think like, that's the difference is they know how to like actually set up like a correct practice or, you know, they know how to like speak to, to athletes or, you know, which is every sort of avenue, but they also get paid for what they're doing. So I think they take it as a job. And, you know, like even in the women's side, coaches like come and go. Like I had a few different coaches in Sweden and in when I was playing in Finland, like they come and go. And like if you're not winning, like you're out. So I think they take it a little bit more seriously. Um, I don't want to say like they don't hear, but I just think like because they are earning more, like they they want to show up and they want to show up for everyone. Yeah, right. no, yeah, yeah, I could see that absolutely. So, so yeah, you move on to Finland as yeah. well, and then you end up in Australia. <laughs> yes, which um, which is what was really cool. You became one of the first like professional uh, women's ice hockey player to play in three different countries. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and now four is because you had a season in Beijing lately. Yeah. It, yeah. On the coaching side. But yeah. Uh, but yeah. Well, t- <laughs> well, let's well, let's talk about Australia okay. for a little bit. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, I didn't even know they had ice down there. Yeah. You know, I didn't really either. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone did. <laughs> That's the best part. And I will say, like, they have ice, but not like there's a couple of good facilities, but it's a little it's a little interesting it's down a little there. Choppy, a little yeah. choppy, a little, a little wet, you know, but it's, it's Australia. Um, 
it was honestly one of the, like after I got done playing in Finland I was like I don't know what I want to do like do I want to go play another year somewhere and I was honestly wanting to go to Switzerland so I was like that'd be dope like go oh, there yeah. like have a sweet year in Switzerland um and I just started like emailing coaches because then something this women's hockey life came out and you could actually go and navigate um it's kind of how I got to Finland too but you could kind of navigate where they have women's programs if they take imports, like how you can get over there. And it was kind of like kind of having an agent, but like it was free at the time. So they oh, kind of yeah. like marketed it for you a little bit. Um, but I sent an email to the director down in Australia and I like remember doing it. And I looked at my dad and I go, dad, they have hockey in Australia. And he goes, no way. And I'm like, I'm going to send him an email. And he goes, are you kidding me? Like, there's no way you're going there. I'm like, yep. And I like honestly heard back in like a week. It was insane. And she called me and she goes, <laughs> you have a great travel resume. Like you played hockey, like perfect. Like if you want to come down, like we'll take you. I'm like, wait, what? And so it happened really fast. Um, but wow, was that an experience? <laughs> can, can you explain the hockey scene like down in Australia? Yeah. It's, uh, I, it, I, for, I don't know why, I, you know, I'm an open-minded chap, but I just, <laughs> I, 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 can't wrap my hab- head around you know yeah. Australian hockey, yeah, but like, I, what is that fan base like? Just tell us about. I'm loving the idea. I'm loving the idea. You know, it's just not a very common sport. So like yeah. the fan base, like what you have is like obviously like friends and family, and then people that like learn it's a thing there. Um, then you get a lot of like Canadians down there from like oil and gas, so like they have more like pickup skates, and you meet a lot of people, but. Um, Basically, there's four teams on the girls' side, and they're in all the different cities, so you have to fly to all the games. So that was kind of fun, but it's not, like, every weekend because there's only, like, four teams. So it was more of, like, a good, like, hey, I'm going to end on a good note. I'm going to go play hockey in Australia. It was, like, still competitive. I think we ended up playing, like, 30 games, still had a playoff, still, like, the whole shabam. But it was fun because it was in our winter but their summer. So, like, I went straight into summer and then, like, had another summer, which was awesome, where the men's side is, like, the other way around. Oh, you snowbird. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I had a great experience. It was so much fun. I absolutely loved it. And I think uh, Daniel actually played down in Australia as well. Daniel, can you uh, can you maybe kind of like uh, compare and contrast your uh, experience with uh, Hannah's? I went to Australia for completely non-hockey related reasons just after finishing college hockey just to take a year off. And then I was like, wait a minute, what? There's hockey here? There's no <laughs> way. Like you guys like go surfing every morning your your water likes to be not frozen and when you walk around there and i wonder if this happened to you too and you were like hey oh no i play i play hockey here but then after like maybe two weeks you started saying oh i play ice hockey here because they just they 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 think hockey is field hockey that's that's what they think when you just say hockey so it was kind of like wait a minute you are from canada oh please like come on over so it was great after my first year when I went back and saw my family I told them about the whole scene and I went back with my gear after that and I soon discovered that the locker rooms were basically as many expat Canadian and Americans that were allowed on the teams uh it was a locker room full of people that were so just really like yourself really into just not being done with hockey and also just loving the game so much uh and also when the australians that were on your team were on your team aussies are just athletic people Mm -hmm. so they they they're good at things when they put their mind to it and it was really fun to see those aussies on my team like really try their hardest to uh keep us keep up with us that learn the game in a completely different way in a completely different culture so that's really cool and i enjoyed every minute of it because 
one thing about Australians is uh, they love their social atmosphere. They're after the sport activity is almost as important as during. And mm-hmm. I mean, cricket, they have mandatory lunch breaks. So obviously they're going to be drinking during <laughs> the games as well. And hockey was kind of like that down there. It was like rugby, but with hockey. So you'd get together with the clubs afterwards and you'd have a really great time. Oh yeah. That's see, that's beautiful. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, yeah, just as uh, Daniel said, uh, Aussies are athletic people and yeah. you can see that obviously definitely in the uh, summer Olympics and breaking into the winter Olympics. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, hockey travels pretty well, especially lately. And I mean, we got, you got uh, that team in, uh, I believe it was in Zimbabwe that, uh, um, Nathan McKinnon and Sidney Crosby brought over and played with mm-hmm. just like two years ago. If I'm not, if I'm not I mistaken, hearing something about and then, that. and Jamaica having a, uh, um, an IIHF uh, yeah. IIHF <laughs> team and, uh, you know, they're, they're doing pretty good. And I mean, even Greece, you know, it's so, mm-hmm. it's, it's so, I'm so happy to see hockey traveling, uh, like more and more, and this was even like maybe uh five or six years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So that I I love it. I love to see that, and I love I love to see how other people pick up the passion as well. Yep, that's great. Well, and another thing that I like with the, what the NHL is doing that they've continued doing. Mm-hmm. Well, not just going back to Finland and all that, but you're yep. going to Japan, mm-hmm. you're going to China. Yeah. Like you're opening so many new avenues mm-hmm. and people are loving it too. They yeah. just love how fast paced and just thought out the sport is. Yeah, it's great. It's great to go like go overseas and make an impact and like have that presence. And I mean, being in China this last year with the NHL, it's it's just great to see that like that matters. And like with the Winter Olympics coming up and just trying to make hockey like a bigger thing is just has just been great. Like it's it's great. Oh, I love yeah. that they're doing That's that. That's gotta put a big old puff in your yeah. chest. Oh yeah. Sure. <laughs> so speaking of which, yes. you you were hired on to become the assistant general manager and head of uh, player development. Mm-hmm. For the uh, Beijing Junior Kings of L.A. Yes. Wow. <laughs> like, I mean, um, how, when, and why? Yeah. Um, so the last four years um, before China, I was at back in Vermont actually running North American Hockey Academy. Yeah. One of the directors yeah. there. So full circle, gave back, um, did that for, for a while. And I kind of just was, like, burnt out. It was, like, one too many parents, you know, just kind of, like, sour milk. Like, I just didn't know if I wanted to do hockey anymore. Um, and then the past few summers, L.A. actually has brought me in to run their girls' camp. So I would go and do their girls' camp as, like, the lead instructor for a week and got to know them pretty well. Um, and then Derek Armstrong through Colorado actually set me up with that because I've known him from the Cutthroats when he was here. So um, they they honestly I was kind of in conversation and they contacted me and said, you know, like, are you, you're not going to be going back to the academy. Like, would you be interested in maybe going over to China? And I was like, well, are they going to take a female over there? And they were like, good call. Let us, let us ask first and then we'll get back to you. But, um, <laughs> but so I like, I interviewed for that and I, I got the job and they were like, basically we're going to have you go over there. You're going to start a youth hockey program. They had a couple guys that did it the previous year and they both took different jobs after that. And so I went over with um, Tim Waters, who is an NHL player. And then Nick Lair, who is at Minnesota um, as a goalie for a few years so younger and he went over as a goalie coach and they said hey why don't you just like build like a youth program from kind of like the ground up and you know get people excited about hockey and you're going to be part of this program and it's going to be affiliated with LA so we have like we're supporting you you have this contract with one of the billionaires over there and basically like we have your back so go make it happen 
I mean, I mean, yeah. After like figuring out that they will take, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. a, a woman coach over there. We need to consult like, the owner. Yeah. <laughs> like, can we ask about that? I, I, <laughs> Is that a thing? I mean, I mean, how do you prepare yourself for that? I mean, that's like a. Like, well, I mean, you know, the Pacific Rim is, you know, it's, you know, Sweden, Finland, even Australia, it's, 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 uh, you know, easily to get maybe acclimated. Like, how do you prepare yourself for such a radical change of, you know, uh, culture and, well, and another change in, you know, hockey culture? Yeah, I think like, honestly, I was going off of adrenaline and just being excited to be hired by like an NHL program and finally having like the credibility that like someone like that big, like accepted me and wanted me to have like a big role, especially as a female. And so I was really excited about it. A little intimidating because I've never been to China and like all we hear is like, oh my gosh, there's millions of people like, you know, like it's going to be awful. Like it's so dirty or like, you know, all these perspectives that like are so inaccurate that like once I got over there and like realized how many expats are over there and like, oh, there's a men's league. Sweet. Like going to join that, you know, like, oh, there's Thursday drop in skates done. Like I met so many good people and like the community was amazing. And then getting to be over there for hockey and like being associated with the Kings was like, who wouldn't want to be pumped to go? Like worst case, I didn't like it and I could come home. So oh, yeah. like that's always been my mentality, but it's a little, it's a little bit of like a shock to go over there at first, but you just figure it out. Like you just make it work. And so, so your development, uh, so your head of development, you're, you're, you know, helping out these junior Kings. Like what, do, uh, what do you really try to instill in these kids early on and continuously too? I think just like, you know, develop them like skating skills, like those kids like work harder than like any kids I've ever been around in my, like in my life. Like it doesn't matter if they're four, doesn't matter if they're 14, their work ethic is like second to none. And I think like culturally that's obviously their thing, but like they take that everywhere they go. So it's like they're on the ice, their parents are watching every second of it, like filming, like they're going to work hard. Like that's just the expectation no matter what they're doing. So, I mean, and we tried to bring a little bit of like the North American fun where like the Chinese coaches, like, you know, kind of get a little crazy. They're like really stern. Like I saw a lot of like interesting ways of coaching, like, you know, coaches like slamming sticks at kids, like getting hit upside the head where we're like, we're going to be like, I know it's insane. We're like, we're going to be the fun, like North American coaches, but like still like have a competitive like environment and still like, you know, hold them accountable. But like, we want hockey, like at the end of the day to be like fun where they're like working with like young kids. Like we want, like, it's a lifelong sport. Like we want that to be installed in their head too. Yeah. You don't do it just, uh, just you do it also for the love of the game, not just any sort of, you know, career. Well, and that's like Milan said, you just got to do it for the love of the game. Mm -hmm. You have to have the passion and the devotion to the game. And then he said, skating, skating, skating. Mm -hmm. Like that's a huge thing nowadays with speed and all of that. So, so uh, honestly, I think that's good that, uh, you know, the North American coaches kind of bring that, you know, lightheartedness because there is a lighthearted aspect to hockey and yet there is a very serious aspect that comes along with it as well and i think if you have too much of one or the other the game kind of gets lost on you yep absolutely um i just want to take a little bit of a step back here just a tiny okay. bit <laughs> yeah um i was just curious on you know in terms of you know playing out in sweden and your, your professional life what was the pay structure like for you how was that in terms of being just a women nowadays and how that's going nowadays yeah so it changed like a little bit in sweden um it was pretty straightforward it was all like 
living expenses, like flights back and forth, um, like sponsored by a restaurant, which is like pretty common uh, on the men's and women's side. Um, and then like, obviously like the men's side, like they just produce more, so they make more money at, and it is what it is. Um, but I was, I was paid like the most I, I was paid in Finland, but it was very like under the table because they didn't want it to be like known that the imports were making a lot of money. Um, so Ooh. I had a lot of like interesting encounters with like getting paid, but it was, I mean, the pay structure, it's probably never going to evolve much for the women's side. And I think it's just kind of one of those things like you want to see it like get better and you want to see people make money for this sport. And like you hope that that changes. But at the same time, like experience wise, like if you can go over and have no expenses and be able to travel and be able to play the game you love, like why wouldn't you do it? Like, yeah, it's kind of a no brainer. I don't need to be putting money back if I'm playing hockey, <laughs> right? Just, especially hanging yeah. out in Sweden or yeah. like Finland. So, I mean. Uh, that's what I, I if, if I could be doing that, I mean, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just a small question I had, of course, you know, we're bringing it back to the love of the game and why we do it anyways. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm yeah, just curious on my end. Yeah. And I mean, it's almost like with my job as an electrician, you get pension and then mm-hmm. and then some yep. with some of the stuff if you travel outside of states. So yeah. that's kind of cool that they hook you up in mm-hmm. that sense, mm-hmm. even with Sweden and also Finland as well. So mm-hmm. strange encounters of getting paid. What is that? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just always like super under the table. And like, as I've talked to like some guys that have gone over there as well, like they're like, Oh, we had similar experiences because they like pay you in cash, obviously. And so like one time the GM comes down after a game and he, I think my dad is there at the time too. And like, he like pulls me out of the locker room and I'm like, Oh great. Like, what's this about? Like, it was the first time I got paid. So I like have all my equipment on and he like pulls me into this like storage closet and I'm like, okay. Like, and he's like, what Hey, really hell? great game today. And like holds his hand out. And I was like, Oh, thanks. Oh, you have a lot of cash in your hand. And so I was like, <laughs> like put it like in my Jersey and then like down into my breezers and like walked back into the locker room. And then I literally just like sat there. Cause I'm like, well, I can't get undressed and like pull money out like in front of people. <laughs> so I just like <laughs> kind of just like hung out for a while and like waited for everyone to like, <laughs> and they're like, you coming? Like my dad's out there and they're probably like, what is she doing? Like, yeah, so that was that was always a fun time. Did, <laughs> like, did I just do a joke? Yeah, like, did I just so, get paid for playing yeah, hockey? Yeah. I can't, remember, I can't it decide. A, it was a back alley drug deal yeah, like, in a coat closet or the yeah. janitor's closet. Oh, I yeah. mean, oh my goodness. And the GM was already like super weird anyway. So how can we make this so uncomfortable for you? Right, yeah, yeah meet like, some back alley at like, yeah. uh, 12 at midnight. Yeah, you know, behind have, right. to, have to do secret knocks yeah. and go through three different uh, back I'd doors. almost prefer that than like standing in my gear after the the game like awkward like what do, you, what do i do yeah. with my hands yeah, right yeah, like, so weird You're like i'm floating on a spaceship yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. i was just curious too as well you had um a story i heard about your transportation in sweden i was a bike of some sort <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes so uh, in sweden um in finland i lived like close enough to the rink to walk um in sweden it it was close enough when the weather was okay, but it got a little dodgy. Um, so they gave me a bike and I lived in like these cabins and they were like outside of town, a great hospitality, <laughs> great breakfast, but they were like, okay, you're just going to like bike to the rink. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. When it snows in Sweden, it snows and it doesn't like, it doesn't go away. It's not like Colorado. It's like, okay, once we get snow, like good luck. So like every day I would have to like ride in the snow. And <laughs> one day we came back from a road trip and it was like, 
just dumping snow, like, and all of our bikes were locked up because obviously it's pretty common for everyone to have a bike there. And, like, everyone just does it. Um, and my bike had been stolen. And so, <laughs> and it was, like, we had all, like, took our gear in. You know, like, everyone had kind of left. And I, like, couldn't find my bike. And it was dark out. And I was, so I had to hoof it, like, however far it was. I want to say it was, like, maybe, like, a three-mile walk. And it, it was fine. Like, oh, it worked out. But, man. like, that'll humble you real quick. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Good time. Even in yeah. Sweden. Yeah. I'm like, people come on. Sti- people stealing bikes. I yeah. Mean, I think I like cried on the uh, way home. I was like, is this happening? Was this a motorized bike or something you No, pedal you pedaled. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're pedaling or you hoof it. In like, the snow. In the snow. Yeah. What right. the fuck motorized? Yeah. No way. <laughs> like, you you pedal this. Right. I know. Just a new skill of mine. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, uh, Going back, I mean, um, so you're coaching, actually. You're coaching the uh, um, uh, team in Beijing, right? Yes, yep. Um, talk to us about that. I mean, uh, actually, behind behind the bench coaching and all mm-hmm. that, that's got to be pretty sweet. Yeah, so we had um, learned to skate all the way up to U14s, and kind of our job was to just grow the program, keep kids invested, and the most kids we had in the program were U8s. So we put a lot of time into that group of kids, and then we had two U10 teams and, like, a very small U12 team. So we just were like, how can we get these kids to stay? You know, like, how do we make them love the game, and how do we make them better? And we all just kind of, like, split duties, and whoever could go, you know, to the game would go to the game. Whoever had to be on the ice would be on the ice, Um, because we were also training some of, like, the local schools on top. So a little, like, history on how Beijing is running things right now is all of the billionaires were mandated to put money into winter sports since the Olympics are coming. So that's kind of how this contract evolved with the LA Kings is the the billionaire that had the contract, huge hockey fan. had the contract with the Kings, and so that's how we ended up over there. Um, so all these schools have to start doing winter sports too. So, you know, it's like, hey, you're going to play ice hockey, and here's all your equipment, and you all need to learn how to skate. So we actually got to train some schools as well, and we did that, like, on the weekends, like, four hours straight. We'd have, like, you know, between, like, 20 to 40 kids on the ice and just trying to, like, teach them to skate, teach them skills, like, all of that stuff. But, it, I mean, it was so fun. It was so different. Like, and I didn't think I would really, like, enjoy the youth age. I was kind of like, oh, I want competitive kids. I want kids that, like, are driven and, like, want to play college <laughs> hockey. And, like, but the the youth side, like, really gave me a different perspective. And then it just made me realize how much I, like, love the development side of hockey and, like, how that's, like, what I would like to do and, like, continue to do. And, like, if I can evolve the game and, like, get kids going at whatever age, like, great, let's do it. And it's just given me, like, a whole new perspective and, like, super grateful about that. Oh, that's insane! And I was, I was gonna say, I imagine that it kind of tweaked your kind of coaching aspect of the yeah. whole entire thing, because yeah, you had to break it down for kids, but also, yeah, you had to, I don't know, kind mm-hmm. of bring in your own kind of aspect with it, with being yeah. over in Beijing, because there is the culture and mm-hmm. all of that. And yeah. So. It was just, in it, I mean, we had all international student, um, so they all went to international schools, the kids that we coached, so, like, they understood English, like, very well, could speak it, but also, like, just teaching, like, the systems of the game was very different. Like, it was hard, and it was, like, you know, like, they might not understand our terminology, they might not understand that word, but, like, the gist of it, or, like, drawing, and just trying to, like, break it down as much as you can, um, just to, like, help them, like, understand the game more. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. When you're throwing out uh, phrases like "oh, silky mitts," but these just you know, starry-eyed kid just looking at you like, oh, "what? What?" what? That was yeah. a nice clapper yeah. on the back end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> Who's on the hashies, buddy? Who's on the hashies? 
Someone uh, back door, back door. Like what? <laughs> what is this crazy American yeah. lady saying? It's like, yeah. I'm like what is this? So uh, and and now you're back. You're back in Colorado for a bit. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, because of the COVID shutdown. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you were just saying that you 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 just got your stuff shipped, shipped <laughs> well, uh, yeah. on shipment back from China. Yeah. Um, what are you what are you what are you doing right now? I know you uh, attended the Dog Bowl, mm-hmm. uh, Dog Nation Dog Bowl, played in that. Um, what else What else have you been doing since you've been back? Yeah. Well, I was just kind of waiting to see like what was going to happen with the program, and we, like they were hoping that you know like once things like get better, like they'll send us back and like the contract would stay alive. But they actually terminated the contract in September, which is kind of a bummer. But also like it's kind of one of those like it it was getting later and later and later, and it's like is it really still going to happen? Like we were all about going back, like they wanted us to be back, but just you know with everything going on, I don't think like LA could have like sent us back like feeling comfortable about it. So it is what it is right now, and you know like hopefully soon like things will open back up and, you know, NHL programs will have more development opportunities and LA will have more balls rolling. And so hopefully I can jump back in with them eventually. Um, But in the meantime, now I've been helping Crevo, um, the local um, hockey program kind of based out of Littleton and just jumping on the ice with them a little bit, specifically doing hockey development. um, And then like training kids on the side, I did that all summer. And that's kind of always been what I've done this summer is train athletes that come back like boys and girls, whether they're like Shattuck or they're at a university, like just, they just jump on the ice. I do a lot of skating and skills and just kind of keeping them in shape so with kids being around still or not going back to the school um we've just been doing that like during the days and then recently joined lululemon because i'm a big fan of lululemon so i'm like why wouldn't i work there in the meantime so, oh yeah there you yeah, go I, I like to stay busy so it's been good oh that's awesome and um what i what, what I, I really want to ask like i mean all through all your hockey travels um, how do you think your um, really uh, outlook on hockey has changed? Like, let's talk about, you know, first time you stepped on, like, um, you know, like as a team playing hockey all the way to today. What would you what do you think you, you yourself now would tell yourself back then about hockey and how, you know, what it's done for your life? Yeah, I mean, it's taken me places I never would have imagined, and um, it is truly a lifelong sport, and I think when people used to say that, like, well, everyone ends up in, like, beer league, like, yeah, I could have been more accurate about that, but um, also just, like, giving back to the game, and, like, I, I've always heard people say that, like, you'll want to give back, like, you'll want to coach, and I was always like, no, like, when I'm done playing, like, I'm doing something else, like, I'll, I'll take a nine-to-five job, and now, like, once I've, like, learned it and, like, really learned how to coach it and, like, become a power skating coach and become a skills coach and, like, understand, like, the process of development and like help mentoring like kids to get to the next level like it's it's been very life-changing and like I've just realized how much more knowledgeable I've become on the game and like being able to like tell kids like hey this is what you probably should do to get where you want to get or hey like maybe take this path so just being able to have that information like locked and it being like second nature for me to just like get feedback has been like really like life-changing and hopefully like life-changing for a lot of people that I've worked with yeah oh that, wow not to get deep <laughs> no 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 get as deep as you want let's, let's dig it let's dig it in yeah um uh you know so you know the past I, i'd say maybe like well tw- uh 15 20 years i mean women's hockey has grown even more popular and more popular do you think do you think you've helped that do you think you uh would want to uh, help more you know uh especially with the u.s women's you know uh decision to sit out until you know, their labor is more, uh, uh, like, uh, manageable, uh, their wages are more manageable. Um, have you ever thought about getting into that, uh, that kind of like, uh, context of hockey or, uh, 
I don't yeah. know. What's what's your uh, outlook? Because I mean, you've you've had such a you've been uh, so like you know apparent in the a women's hockey community. I I, I just like to gauge your kind of uh, uh, outlook on that. Yeah, I think um I think I just go back and forth. Like some some days I'm like hockey, like that's what I want to do, like that's what I know. And then there's other days where I'm like, if I don't have to talk about hockey, that's fantastic. So I think it's just like <laughs> navigating what I really want to do. But I think like being with LA gave me like gave me like a whole new perspective of like what else you can do with hockey development and being like backed by like a really good structured program that like feels like you're beneficial and like they think like that you can do big things. Like that's given me like a whole new perspective of like, you know what? Like more of these NHL programs need to have hockey development. They need to have these programs. Like we need to have more of that in Colorado. Like why why wouldn't we? And then, you know, just being that resource for girls that come through the game and they say, well, like you did this, like there's more opportunity than just like me playing here, me maybe going to college and then playing men's league. Like, no, there's ways you can coach. There's ways you can go overseas. There's like so many opportunities for, for athletes in general, but especially girls in hockey. And I don't think that that's like educated enough. So if I can just be like a mentor at the end of the day, and if that's all I am great, if I can help develop kids even better. Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like that's really bi- the biggest part of the problem. Is I think a lot of people would also agree is that maybe, you know, these gals just don't know that the opportunities out there. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I think it would change a lot if there was a lot more, uh, you know, uh, transparency in Absolutely. that in that sense. Yeah. Well, and especially with everybody hearing your story now, because mm-hmm. you're just like, eh, <laughs> screw it. I'm just going to put that, you know, out mm-hmm. to this team, that mm-hmm. team, and then just see what happens, yep. what comes to fruition, and then you just roll with it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that gives you such a diverse background, which Absolutely. that's just amazing, because <laughs> on many, many, many levels, mm-hmm. like with the Kings, yeah. and even just even in Europe and now even China yeah. and also Australia. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. It's been yeah. Wild I mean, ride. Oh yeah. For <laughs> real. Well, it's not, it's, it hasn't stopped yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you got to be on this podcast. <laughs> no, it's great. Like, but you know what? I've been talking to like friends and family and lately and they're like, it's Hannah, true though. Like get your to, story out. Like just like wanted... let people know that there are like, there are opportunities or like, you know, you've done a lot of cool things and like, I try to like be humble about it, but also like in my head, I'm like, I don't like, I don't think it's that cool. Like for me, it's cool. But like, is it really that cool for other people to hear it? So trying to like be better about sharing things and like, you know, like, being there for like kids and whoever wants to talk hockey, it doesn't matter, but I love it. Enjoy oh, it. oh yeah. <laughs> I think Danny's got a question. Yeah. Next. Daniel, go for it, man. I am wanting uh, to talk about that time and experience you had in China a little bit and what you guys are all talking about right now with growing the game, because I understand that you're there representing the LA Kings and you're doing a lot through the funding from that organization, but you're also in China during a time when the NHL overall is trying to make some big initiatives and pushes for hockey in that country related to the Olympics a little bit. And they're having some preseason games there. I know uh, the Vancouver Canucks were involved with one. And I know Alexander Ovechkin was an ambassador over there in 2019. So Did you get involved with any of the initiatives at a league level? Did you act as somewhat of an ambassador for them to make connections with what they were trying to do as an initiative? I'm curious what happened there. 
Yeah, I did it right away. So the LA Kings, we went over and did a camp actually before um, I started working there. We went in August and then when I, I actually came back for a few weeks and then went back and then started my contract. But um, that was part of like the initiative too is like get the LA Kings over there, like some of the staff, um, do a camp. So that was a blast. But I also did start getting into contact with more and like more of the NHL representatives. And like they came over and did like a ball hockey initiative with a bunch of schools of like growing the game from like like literally the grassroots up and they did a big ball hockey tournament that I ended up helping out with and meeting some of the representatives with NHL and, you know, just like sharing contact information saying like, Hey, and we come back, like, you know, you'll, you'll be the Kings representative coming in. Like Alexander Ovechkin was there um, before I got there. So um, some of our staff got to go and be on the ice with him and do all of that. So they are sending um, some players over there. They're doing some preseason games. And I mean, I would imagine that will continue. Um, I've also heard like heard rumors that maybe a couple other NHL programs will go over, but, I think it's just all pending now because of like COVID and hoping the Olympics follow through. Um, but they are, they are really pushing to grow the game and they have a whole NHL office there in Beijing and they're really like, they're really trying to like get it going and like get the, get the sport known. So. Yeah. I've, I've noticed that because I always look at parallels between the NHL and the NBA mm-hmm. uh, because Gary Bettman was also the commissioner for the NBA before he was for the NHL and both seasons play you know, under normal circumstances around the same time of the year, the seasons, and also same amount of games, there's a lot more parallels. So it's easy to draw then the comparison of someone like a Yao Ming's impact on the NBA and wonder if the NHL is hoping for an Austin Matthews situation out of a Chinese player to bring in that market that they're growing from a grassroots up. Yeah, I think they're trying to get more exposure. That's for sure. And I mean, there are some kids that come through that are like very good players. Like there's a kid on ASU that actually I think is like from Beijing or like originally from Beijing, but they actually went back and did a tournament. Um, ASU got to do a tournament also like right before I got there at our rink. And that was pretty sweet too. And they played against um, some of like the Russian elite teams. And I believe the local um, KHL team that was there as well. Um, they played. So I think they're tr- like, they're trying, I think they would love to get players like out of anywhere. Right. But I think especially China, like if you have a great player coming out of China, like that's awesome and great exposure. And, but I think they're, I think they're really trying to like push over there and just kind of like seeing what happens. And you're a part of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, you're definitely a part <laughs> of that. Who would have thought? Hey. <laughs> uh, just kind of just sort of bringing things kind of back to home here since you've been here, since the virus kind of like caught on, what have you been doing with, you know, youth hockey for girls, whether it's here in Colorado or Laramie? Um, you know, I've just stayed mostly like here in Colorado and, and just like training. I train a lot of girls all summer anyway. So I've just tried to stay on the ice with them. Um, also just be like a mentor too, for families that are like, should we go back to prep school? Like, does it make sense for me to send my kid back to Boston to sit there in their dorm room? Or are they going to have a season? And just trying to help like navigate that for people. Um, just being a resource really, like, I know like a lot of people are trying to like start more like agencies here locally to be like resource and mentors. But, but my thing was I always had someone like help me out and like like share what I should do so I'm just trying to give back that way and like always just like accept phone calls accept conversations because you never know like what you're going to do for someone so I've just tried to like really be a resource but also like if I can jump on the ice with the girls or you know like help out especially with Creva like he has a lot of girls in his program which has been awesome and just like seeing like 11 year old like stud peewee team on the ice has just been like refreshing and awesome and like just seeing how great these like little girls can skate and how competitive they are it's like full circle (laughs) What about like Colorado Select? 
Um, yeah, so I've worked with them a little bit this summer. Um, you know, they do a great job. I, I just like schedule wise and, you know, I, I didn't really want to like join one association because I do work with so many like kids across the state. Um, so that's why I like with Crevo, like the development side and I'm able to work with like the boys and the girls and just kind of like come in and like share what I have and share my skills and share the skating and not have to be like a full-time coach anywhere. So I just kind of help out wherever I can. That's awesome. Sounds like you really are like kind of an ambassador for youth hockey <laughs> Trying, around here. Yeah. It's awesome. It's yeah. amazing. Thank you. Ambassador slash firefighter, wherever they need to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, you're, well, uh, you know, you're this, uh, the Swiss Army ambassador. <laughs> we got the, uh, for hockey, seriously. Oh, thank you. But um, uh, speaking of, I mean, just the fact that you kind of really got deep into developing like skating skills you had a pretty funny story about when uh you were uh uh, younger and uh the size of your skates oh yeah I I mean when we were growing up like we always had you know it was like okay wear hand-me-downs or like this is what like this is what we think like should fit you, you know, like, Oh, like this should work. And my dad actually ended up selling hockey equipment because it was cheaper for him to come become like a dealer and like, like give my brothers and I gear than it was for us to like, just go buy gear. And like no one in Laramie like had equipment. So like my dad bought a skate sharpening machine. My dad like became an Easton dealer and then like a CCM dealer. But like, I would feel like I was never properly fitted. And then when I got to college, I went two sizes down in skates. Like it was just fantastic. Yeah. I'm like, great. So I was skating in like the wrong skates my whole life, but Uh, that must have have like been like opening your eyes for the first time. Yeah. It's just, but like one of those things, like you don't know, your parents are like, do they fit? And you're like, I think they fit. Like they're great. Like, yeah. I'm a kid, man. Yeah. I, you fucking tell me. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Do they fit? Kind of. Yeah. Wear another sock with them then. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You're going to grow I, into them. I'm like, yeah. I think I'm fully grown. Yeah. And that was always with skiing and snowboarding. Oh. Yeah. Dad, I'll just wear another pair of socks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Same with my dad. Yeah, you'll grow into them. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, they'll, they'll be perfect for you in like six months. Yeah. All right. It's well, like, let's go. Yeah. That's my biggest thing too. Like, and I, I always whisper it to like other coaches on the ice, and I'll point them like their skates are too big for them. Like their skates are too big for them. Like I do it all the time because it drives me nuts now. Oh yeah, I'm like I they bet. need to know. I'm like buy a cheaper skate, but like buy it like the right size. Like it's so much better for their skating and development. Which I know is like so annoying to say, but oh, big yeah. on development here. Well, <laughs> and it, well, when you went down two sizes, I imagine that you were able to cut an edge and yeah. just a lot better because <laughs> you had a better. Few, <laughs> A little better, we'll call it. now, perfect. Oh, okay. Well, she's up for a game. But no, and that can make a huge difference. Because a lot of people don't know that going Uh into buying skates and stuff. And then once they get the right size, it's like, where has this been all my life? Like, seriously. It's like, yeah. We are not worthy. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, like the uh, Golden Gates open up the Hallelujah Chorus. This makes sense. <laughs> Thank you, Bauer. <laughs> Speaking of which, we're looking for a spon- sponsorship, Bauer. Yeah, shout out. Think about it. Think about it. <laughs> warrior, warrior. Yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah, oh. right? Yeah. I met the warrior rep in China, actually. Um, they have one right over, and he does, like, an amazing job. And it was perfect because I met him, and he was great, and he was going to help, like, sponsor our program. And he actually ended up, like, sourcing me all brand-new gear. And then oh. it's still in China. So oh, sweet. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but no. hopefully, like, nine more weeks weeks right i'll get it back yeah, yeah. as dr evil would do the quote yeah nine more weeks. Oh, right. well damn uh hannah um boys you guys got anything else you want to throw at hannah uh daniel you got anything 
Well, just out of your history uh, of being very big of a champion for women's hockey and growing the game and being inclusive and also with the LA Kings, I was curious if you had cross paths or I guess skates with Blake Bolden. Oh, yeah. So she was just recently hired by the Kings to be um, a scout, actually, which is awesome. I think she's one of the first um, female scouts in women's hockey at the NHL level, um, as well as Cami Granado now for uh, Washington. Yeah. So um, actually, she was someone that I would probably have like teamed up with this summer and just being with L.A. and her being with L.A. And I was probably going to like hopefully have more conversations and see like what we can do to help grow the game even more. But um, yeah, we haven't we haven't gotten to team up much. Yeah, and and for our listeners, Blake Bolden is the uh, um, she's a scout, and she's also the inclusion and diversity officer for the LA Kings. Mm-hmm. If I'm getting that title right, and she's involved in another great group that is growing the sport with women's hockey, but specifically Black women in hockey. And appropriately, there's a group called Black Women in Hockey, and I think that's just great what she's doing and what you're doing, and. I've always been a big fan of the LA Kings in that respect because they're they've done inclusion nights at the Staples Center in years past and also involved the women's uh, U.S. Olympic team in that as well. So I just wanted to kind of ask you about Blake, but also just say thank you for what you're doing and what the LA Kings are doing and taking this seriously because we really appreciate it. Agreed. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's been fun. Well, boys. You guys got anything else? I don't. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks Thank for you. hanging out and talking hockey with us. Well, yeah. in that case, I think we can call that an episode. Uh, do you have any uh, social media or any shout outs you want to give organizations. out? Organizations. <laughs> oh. Organizations you want to plug? I mean, no, I don't really have anything specific, but just thank you for having me and let me share my story. And like, hopefully, like a lot of people can hear it. And, you know, if anyone ever needs to reach out, please reach out to me directly. And I'm happy to help any way I can. But I just appreciate you guys having me here. We, oh, absolutely. Well, thank awesome. you for, uh, thank you coming on uh daniel you got any shout outs bud not beyond the shout outs i gave to the la kings and also just uh you hannah for coming on the show and also all of our listeners out there and for um our sponsors i'd just like to once again always friends family i mean hannah thank you this was a great experience eye-opening that what you do um and it's great that what you do for not only women here but just even children Mm -hmm. on the boys and girls side and in every facet of hockey too um but yeah uh dog nation especially because that brought us all together (laughs) and uh, yeah uh, my beer nation and yeah bryce yeah, uh, Hannah, thanks again for coming out. It's been awesome. You've had a pretty cool career. It's great talking to you. Um, of course, uh, we've said them already, but once again, um, Dog Nation, My Beer Nation, friends, family, and our listeners, thanks again for hopping on and listening. Yeah, um, definitely, Hannah. Thank you so much. Uh, we've been trying real hard to get you on for a while. <laughs> yeah. I'm so stoked we finally got to do it. And um, I also want to say thank you to the listeners and a um, uh, big thank you to my, uh, Marcus Phillipson. He's been uh, doing some 
collaboration work with us lately. He is uh, uh, the host and producer of his own podcast, Sports Management Podcast. Oh, I've seen that. And um, he's doing some great stuff over there, and he's uh, he's been working really hard with uh, to help us out lately. So that's that's a huge thank you to him. Thank you again, Hannah, and uh, thank you to all the listeners. So without further ado, uh, Vihorsh. Salut. Avizen. Aviento. Thank you for having me. All right. See you guys. Let's try the damn thing. See what happens.